सहनावतु सहनौभुन सह वीर करवाह तेजस्वीनावधीतमस्तुमाषावै ओ शाति 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 मे ब्रह्मन प्रोटेक्टस बोथ the teacher and the disciple may he nourish us both may we both work together with great energy may our studies be vigorous and fruitful may we not hate or criticize each other om peace 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 <coughs> today we will continue with the study of the yoga sutras of patanjali we last month we did the sutras 32 to 32 of second chapter so today we will be doing sutras 32 and 33 the first two limbs of the eight limbs of the yoga namely yama and niyama are aimed at laying the firm foundation of the spiritual life the disciplines of yama that is non violence truthfulness non stealing chastity non receiving of gifts they are all moral or and prohibitive disciplines or what you call the don'ts don't do this don't do that they are controlling therefore controlling harmful impulses and thoughts that lead to undesirable behavior or we can say they are the thou shalt not of the old testament that they say thou shalt not kill thou shalt not steal thou shalt not bear false witness thou shalt not commit adultery all these come under yama after controlling the harmful impulses we have to cultivate good habits to make the mind stronger and that comes in the second limb of the eight limbs of the yoga namely niyama they are the do's what you are supposed to do the disciplines of niyama are constructive they are aiming at organizing the life of the aspirant while yama are reactions somebody does something we react niyamas are disciplines which are to be practiced all through always regularly irrespective of circumstances so let us look at the niyamas shaucha sandosha tapa swadhyay isara pranidhanani niyamaha internal and external purification contentment mortification or austerity study and worship of god are the niyamas let's take the first one shaucha cleanliness or purity it has to be both internal and external of the body and the mind often we see the depiction of yogis as extremely unclean uncouth but a dirty person can never be a yogi as swami vivekananda says 
<clears throat> Patanjali says later that physical cleanliness helps in reducing lustfulness in the human, in the person. And cl physical cleanliness, external cleanliness is very important because it has got a psychological effect on us. We all know that after a um, long day of hard work, you become dirty, sweating, and then tired, and you go, go and have a bath, shower, and then, then you, you, all of us tend to say, oh, after the bath, I feel so good. I feel a lot better. So that's like got a psychological effect, physical cleanliness, external cleanliness. But we have to make sure that this external cleanliness doesn't turn to become an obsession. There are some people who are so obsessed with external cleanliness. Always washing the hands, taking bath few many times a day. But how is the internal, the mind, they don't know. Just ex external cleanliness is not enough. We have to make, make sure that that does not become a mania or an obsession. We have the example of Nalini, the niece of Holy Mother. She was so particular about cleanliness. It was an obsession with her. However much she has to wash a hundred times, her feet, take bath, change clothes. And Holy Mother used to say, make your mind clean. That's more important. <clears throat> so we have to have a moderation as far as external cleanliness is concerned. <clears throat> but purity of mind or internal cleanliness is more important. What are the impurities of the mind? How does our mind become impure? By bad thoughts and impressions brought in in this life and also in the past lives. They all, the, the impressions that we have collected through the past life, they are not lost. They are all in the subconscious mind. They are all um, clouding our mind or they are all, we can say, dirt impurities of the mind. Both good and bad impressions because both disturb the mind. So they, these latent, latent impressions have to be removed. How do we remove them? The easiest method, they say, is japa and meditation. When the mind is concentrated through japa and meditation on the chosen deity, that concentrated mind goes deep down to the subconscious levels and stir up all the samskaras lords down there. And then what happens? They all come up to the conscious level. But we are asked not to react to those in, um, thoughts that come up from the um, subconscious mind. Just observe them as a detached witness and then they will disappear. That's the only way to, or the, no, that's one of the uh, well-tested methods to purify the mind. For Jesus has said famously, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Purify the mind and the God or the divinity within us will manifest itself. It's already within. There is it will manifest itself. Another method suggested to purify the mind, to remove the bad impressions and thoughts are fill the mind with good thoughts, holy elevating thoughts, and push out all the bad disturbing thoughts. 
<clears throat> that is like cleaning the inkwell. That's what the the classic example they see. Say inkwell. In olden times, we used to have inkwells on the desk. Where you pour the ink and then dip the pen in that to use write for writing. Now the ink gets dry. How do you clean it? It's fixed to the desk. You cannot take it out. So you pour water into that. First, water will be just clean water because ink is dried. You continue pouring water slowly, slowly. The ink dissolves, and then the water will be dirty. That comes out after some. But if you continue pouring the water after some time, the ink well will be completely clean, and the water that comes out will be overflowing. Will be clean water. So that's another way of cleaning the mind. Push out all the bad thoughts and impressions by filling the mind or overcrowding the mind with good, holy, elevating thoughts and ideas. Swami Vivekananda says this that this internal purity can be obtained by virtues named in the Sutra 33 of the first chapter, namely. Maitri, that is friendship, feeling of friendliness towards a happy person. If, if somebody is happy, if we feel happy in their happiness, instead of feeling jealous or envious, we, we feel happy. Another one is karuna. Somebody is unhappy, sad. You feel compassion for that mercy towards that person. Then mudita, delight in the virtue of others. Then, fourth one is upekshana, indifference towards the wicked. A wicked person has done something wrong to you. Our natural tendency is pay back in the same coin. No, because if you hold bad thoughts, it's going to hurt you, not more, not the other person. More than the other person, it will be hurting ourselves. <clears throat> so be indifferent. We aren't going. To, they are not asking us to go and be very, very friendly with the wicked person who has done something bad to us. Just be indifferent. As Sri Ramakrishna says, God is in in the tiger also. That doesn't mean that you go and hug the tiger. You keep your distance away from the tiger. Swamiji, Swami Vivekananda explains: Each time we suppress hatred or a feeling of anger. It is so much good energy stored up in our favor. That piece of energy will be converted into higher powers. We strengthen our body with proper exercise, proper diet. In the same way, we have to strengthen our mind through proper diet. Have to have wholesome mental food. All the impressions that we get through the senses, what we hear, we speak, we read, <clears throat> we listen—all that affects our mind. So there, we have to make sure that all the impressions that come through the senses into our mind are wholesome. We have to use our discriminative faculty. Is it going to help me in our in my spiritual path pro progress? Or is it going to be harmful? If you find it is harmful, then you have to avoid those impressions. And all these disciplines help to keep our mind pure. 
The second one in the discipline in the Niyamak is Santosha, contentment. Accepting one's lot of life without envy or jealousy is Santosha. Ordinarily, we react to our daily experiences according to our nature, our habits, training, prejudices. But these reactions cause disturbance in the mind. Even if we don't see any disturbance on the conscious level, often there can be undercurrent of disturbance, which we are not conscious of. And <clears throat> that will, after some time, disturb, rise to conscious level and disturb our mind. So we have to use our willpower as well as meditation to get rid of this, to be maintain the happiness and contentment. Sri Krishna in the Gita says, Edricha Lapa Sandushto. Be content with whatever comes to you. <clears throat> we are asked to be content with whatever happens, thinking that everything comes from God. If you think that whatever happens to you is from God, good or bad, then you will take everything as God's blessing. Then you will be content. <clears throat> so that's a very positive mental state opposed to the negative state characterized by laziness, lack of initiative. They are tendencies of tamas, not contentment, which is a um, characteristic of sattva, sattva quality. But just by wishing or willpower, this state cannot be attained. It has to be, we need constant practice of forbearance or titiksha. Whatever happens, I'll go through it without complaint, without grudge, and accept it as coming from God. <clears throat> A person who is content with the bare necessities of life has a lot of peace of mind. But when we say be content with bare necessities of life, it is for a um, serious spiritual aspirant, not for everybody, not for a person in the, in the world trying to achieve something. Now, we are not talking about that. Be, be content with bare necessities for a sp serious spiritual aspirant. <clears throat> At the same time, we have to remember that when we say be content, con this, with, with our lot in life is not to be content with a lot of other people. Other people are suffering. Oh, I'm contented, contented with their unhappiness. No, don't be that. Behave like that. That is mere callousness. In that situation, we have to try our best to help them and improve their um, condition of uh, living condition. Greed is a major obstacle to contentment. We are running after greed. Because of greed, we run after pleasures of sense enjoyments, go up. And then most often it ends in disappointment. And then it is simply waste of energy and restlessness of mind. When we, we speak about contentment, we be contented. But they say, <clears throat> never be contented with our present state of mind, which is state of restlessness. Or 
with our spiritual progress. That is giving into laziness and inertia, which is tamasic tendencies. Swami Brahmananda says, contentment with external conditions, yes. But never be contented with your state of spiritual growth. Become dissatisfied. Try to move ever forward in your search. Otherwise, you'll be stuck in, a, in your um, spiritual path. You won't be progressing. You think that you have achieved. I'm happy. I got, uh, I'm feeling happy when I sit for meditation. That's fine. That's nothing. You, you have to be dissatisfied with your spiritual progress. Only then you will be making progress. The next three disciplines in the Niyama, namely Tapas, Swadhyaya and Ishara Panidhana, Padanjali mentions right at the beginning of the yoga practices. In the first sutra of second chapter, he put these three practices together as Kriya Yoga. That shows how important these three practices are. They help to cultivate power of concentration and remove the obstacles to enlightenment. <clears throat> the first is tapas, often uh, translated as self-discipline or austerity or mortification. Mortification is not really a proper translation because that is the common idea. Tapas means you're mortifying the body, but that, that's not real tapas. <clears throat> For progress in any, any field, we have to have some sort of discipline. For success in any field, we need have discipline. In spiritual life, this discipline does not come from outside, not exerted by other people. We have to exert discipline ourselves. It is self-discipline. And tapas, the, literally the word means generate heat. When you heat um, the gold alloy, alloy of gold, all the dross is burned out and pure gold is left. In the same way, <clears throat> through self-discipline, we purify and bring under control our lower nature. Referring to the chariot imagery of the Katha Upanishad, Swamiji says, what is meant by mortification? It is what is tapas. Holding the rein firmly while guiding the body and the organs. Now, in the chariot imagery, the reins are the mind. The Atman is the and the master of the chariot, body is the chariot, the senses are the sense organs are the horses, and the mind is the rein, and buddhi, the intellect, is the driver of the charioteer. <clears throat> so, so Swamiji says, holding the rein, it's the mind, firmly, while guiding the body and the organs, that's chariot and the horses, that is mortification, that is austerity, that is tapas. Not letting them do anything they like, but keeping them under proper control. 
but ordinarily people have very distorted idea of tapas they think that um punishing the body modifying the body is tapas often we see in the name of tapas people um standing on one foot holding up the hand and standing on one leg oh that is you are doing tapas in the in the puranas we read like that or um torturing the body to bring under control that this not real tapas so sami brahmananda says bodily austerities are not real austerities anyone can practice them the body is easily controlled but it is another matter to control the mind it's very difficult to renounce lust and greed to give up the desire for name and fame so what is real austerity then swami continues real austerity is based on three principles first take refuge in truth truth is the pillar to which you must always hold on whatever you are doing so that's the first pill first thing real austerity first one is hold on to truth second conquer lust third renounce all cravings observe these three principles that is real austerity and the greatest of these is to conquer lust so it's a completely different idea of austerity hold on to these three hold on to truth conquer lust and give up all cravings this is these are real austerities shri krishna in the bhagavad gita speaks of three kinds of tapas <coughs> tapas or austerity of the body of speech and of mind austerity of the body krishna lists as straightforwardness respect for seers and sages and teachers non violence and sexual purity austerity of speech is speaking truthful kind beneficial words and austerity of the mind is practice of serenity sympathy meditation on the atman etc but people who torture the body in the name of austerity shri krishna lists them as belonging having the demonic nature <clears throat> next we come to the next um discipline of niyama swadhyaya study of scriptures of course we have to study the scriptures we need a clear and thorough intellectual understanding of the sacred texts that help us to prepare for meeting the challenges and difficulties on the spiritual path but that is only the beginning of swadhyaya <coughs> swadhyaya means or swadhyaya self study means more than that to assimilate what we study the teachers has given us three steps shravanam 
mananam nididhyasanam first you hear hear the great, great truths hear about that then you think ponder over what you heard just hearing once or reading once is not enough shravanam includes both hearing as well as reading <clears throat> whatever what you read or what you hear you think about it ponder over deeply think deeply and then come that's mananam then comes nididhyasana meditate on that assimilate that and only then it will bring about change in our person otherwise it is just like the donkey carrying a library doesn't make any difference otherwise it will be like undigested ideas running riot in the head as swami vivekananda says not making any change and only by deep thinking can we get a clear understanding or of the true spirit of the text otherwise we know we know only the meaning of the text words literal meaning but then and the interpretation can be quite different for example the sanskrit words one word can have completely different meanings an example is aja aja can be unborn or goat 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 so and we we describe the supreme reality brahman as unborn and you can translate it as goat so just literal meaning can be so different so completely wrong <clears throat> we understand that only when you meditate on that the meaning what that means then you understand the true spirit spirit of the text that is swadhyaya then comes the last of the niyamas ishara pranidhana worship of god or surrendering the fruits of action to god surrendering to god after long practice of spiritual disciplines the aspirant realizes that by his own effort there is no way he can realize god self realization is going to happen then you long for god's help you pray to god you surrender to god take refuge in god that then comes real surrender self surrender this attitude that we are mere instrument you are god you are the doer i am an instrument in your hand that attitude if you have that then whatever be the result good or bad we offer to god because the you are you are in an instrument <clears throat> then if you have that attitude the remembrance constant remembrance of the presence of god will be in you and that takes us closer and closer to god and through this surrender we are actually connecting ourselves with the storehouse of all power we often mistakenly think that offering ourselves to god taking refuge in god or surrendering to god why should i surrender it's below my dignity no you don't realize that by surrender we are connecting ourselves with the infinite the storehouse of infinite power infinite energy and we get all the energy and the closer we are moving to god 
the more conscious we become of his presence within the greater will be that manifestation of that power in us <clears throat> and we surrender not only to god but also to the great teachers who have united united themselves to with god they have reached that union with god and they have realized their true nature as divine we surrender to such people also they are the great teachers they are almost one with god and what do you mean by surrender to them the great teachers follow their instructions follow their teachings and that surrender gives us humility and humility is an essential discipline or essential condition for spiritual growth without humility there can there cannot be any spiritual growth <clears throat> the more we evolve the humbler we become now nowadays we think that just by because we can get all the information we know everything why should we uh, bend our head in front of a person and ask for help or ask to um, learn from the person we get all the information that we get information undigested information and we get so much of information now there is plenty of wrong information also you cannot take a whatever is on the your um, internet as truth it can be just like aja being goat instead of unborn so you need for spiritual progress spiritual instructions we need we need to approach a teacher with humility <coughs> and that is ishara pranidhana these are the five niyamas but how are we to practice these disciplines of yama and niyama that patanjali gives in the next sutra vitarka badhane pratipaksha bhavanam to obstruct thoughts which are inimical to yoga contrary thoughts should be thought to obstruct thoughts which are inimical to yoga contrary thoughts should be thought there are thoughts <coughs> or ideas which come to our mind which are op op opposing to our ideal and how are we to do in spite of ourselves in spite of our effort bad thoughts undesirable thoughts may arise in the mind because of bad habits and bad tendencies of of previous samskaras and force the seeker to think in undesirable ways which are opposing or obstructing the um, uh, progress in the spiritual life so they say go to the root how uh, what is causing these bad impressions to come in the mind the wrong habits of thought then change them <clears throat> so we have to change their thoughts and habits and they can be changed by replacing them with exactly opposing mental habits for example we are having strong feeling of 
anger or hatred towards somebody bring in the opposing emotion of love bring in consciously when you try you say oh i could not i failed does not matter they say try again and again all this comes through practice in a day or two it doesn't happen none of these practices are, or they nobody says it is easy or happening quickly it needs constant practice replace hang anger hatred with love untruthfulness want to feel like telling a lie straight away bring forward bring into the mind the idea of straightforwardness uprightness <clears throat> slowly slowly the old habits will die out because it's not getting support it's not getting nourishment we are ignoring it so slowly slowly they will wither away and die but it needs perseverance and patience as swamiji says purity patience perseverance are the three things necessary for success without without patience it don't happen and we have to persevere patiently with patience persevere and the mind should be pure then we will be successful <clears throat> then it will in long in time it will be done and dealing with negative thoughts swami sarvagadananda in his explanation for the yoga sutras he gives three methods three ways resolution substitution and sublimation negative thoughts come try to resolve them say for example somebody is angry with you try, try to find out what caused that person to be angry what's the reason what made the person to be angry with you have you done anything if you have done something try to resolve that speak to the person apologize sometimes the person can be so um angry bitter that we are not able to um approach the person then what to do pray to god for forgiveness <clears throat> so in any way trying this means try to resolve that negative thoughts in our mind because as swamiji said earlier keeping negative thoughts in our mind harms us more not the other person it it's harmful to us another way is substitution bring in positive thought to replace the negative ones and here japa repetition of the name of god or repetition of the mantra is a great help when negative thoughts come into your mind start repeating the mantra slowly you can see after some time that negative thoughts the power becomes weaker they become less powerful they don't it don't be disturbing your mind so much so this repetition of mantra becomes like a protective armor to us to protect us from in the influence of negative thoughts and finally the third one is sublimation take refuge in god surrender to god then the negative thoughts and attitudes will leave us
thus by any one or together we can try and get rid of negative thoughts all these help to keep our mind clean pure calm and serene without any disturbance only after attaining calmness of mind can we progress in yoga so that is why patanjali is giving these disciplines in the beginning as yama and niyama we have to be established in yama and niyama to progress they are the first two steps often we see we go from asana pranayama and then dhyan dharana all be running or jumping to samadhi but there is no foundation the first two steps are missing you can't stay up there without the first two rungs of the ladder so <clears throat> these two are very important we will deal with the next ones next sutra in the next class thank you